So, dear sister, hi, 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 friend. This is Kate Akokadezi, and it is great to have you listening. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of I Am Free Woman is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say, healed people heal people. <laughs> So, how are you doing out there, dear sister? April is coming to a close. I just feel I should give you some journal prompting questions that you can work on because the coach in me, the therapist in me is wanting to kind of help you along the way and that is why you're here, right? Because this is what you get when you sign up to enjoy Choose to Live Free podcast. You get to experience all the different parts of me and all the different things that God has gifted me to give to you. So, Here are the questions for you. And if you don't have a journal, always come back to this episode and take down some notes so that you can journal along. How are you doing on your 2023 goals? So if you were asking yourself this question, you will say, how am I doing on my 2023 goals? Next question. What are some of the wins I have celebrated this year or thus far? If you haven't celebrated any wins, you better because life is too short, y'all. So celebrate those wins. What are some of the life lessons I can reflect on and make adjustments where necessary? Ooh, that's a good question. How has my heart thrived this month? Yep. What brought me joy and what killed my joy? Ooh, wee, this one. Yes, it's good. Where do I see myself a month from now, a year from now? And this points to your God-given purpose and your God-given goals that you're working on. If you saved a cash of $20 every week, $5 every week, $10 every week, whatever you can afford, what would you use that money for at the end of 2023? And here's something that is personal because I actually do this. That's why I felt I should put it in here for you all. So I came across this tip from one of my Instagram friends, Jennifer, um, at the beginning of the year. And she actually uh, posted it. I was like, oh, I can try that. So in my family of five, uh, we spent about $180 on groceries since the inflation. It used to be $140 and then the inflation took it up to $180. However, when I saw Jennifer's post, I wanted to challenge myself. And so what I did was in January, I started um, reducing that amount and saving the rest. And so I would still take out $180 from the bank every week for a grocery but I will strive and try my best to spend only 160 on groceries for a family of five people. And this includes everything, bread, eggs, milk, uh, everything, everything that we need, vegetables, fruits, all that. So I'm challenging you, if you were to save a bit of money, it doesn't have to be a whole lot, $5 a week, $10 a week, $20 a week, it adds up. If you were to save that every week for from now through the end of the year, what would you use that money for? I really would love to know what you would use that money for. So try it, okay? That's your financial tip for today. All right, so I am on a week two of my social media obedience fast. I mentioned it in the last episode. And I must say it is going great. 
especially when there is a purpose behind the fast. It's, it's so much wisdom when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in doing some of these things. It's not my own volition. It's the Holy Spirit that's guiding me. And it's really, really helpful and great. And also the fun fact is that I took a nap today and I actually loved it. I was like, oh, I haven't been able to take a nap this week so far because it's been so busy, but I did and I enjoyed it. So naps, 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 they are also good. I am very proud of the information we have been able to share this month concerning Sexual Assault Awareness Month. To recap, I shared my story examining the scars that others may not see when it comes to all the abuses that one goes through. And for me, it was sexual abuse, physical abuse, all that. Then Wilkinia joined me for a discussion about sisterhood and vulnerability in our stories. Following that, I shared five biblical principles that can help prevent or end toxicity in relationships. I must tell you that episode has garnered a lot of feedback, which I really, really appreciate. Thank you so much. And lastly, in today's episode, I sit down with one of my ministry sisters, Sonia Ingram. Sonia would describe herself as a child of God, a mom, a dear friend, a survivor, a multiple sclerosis advocate, a U.S. military veteran, and so on. I would describe Sonia as a joy to be with. Simple. Her smile and bubbly energy lights up the world around you. Really, you wouldn't think she's been through so much in life. 53 years on earth, 40 years of suffering, and in five short years, God stepped in and wiped her tears away. You know when you hear the phrase, oh, she doesn't look like what she's been through? Yep, that's Sonia, my sister. And truly, she allowed Jesus to turn her ashes into beauty. Sonia stepped into the battle with what she had, just like King David, and allowed God to equip her every step of the way. You often will hear me say, allow, 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 because in everything, you do have a choice. And in this case, Sonia chose. And she chose well. So as you listen to her journey, here are some nuggets for you. When you have been through trauma, you are never fully aware of the life around you until God makes you aware. You feel heard when in the right company of faith and believers. God's timing will always, always be perfect. Sometimes you need a gentle voice and at the same time a wildebeest that is ready to run with you. Forgiving your offender is really a gift you give yourself. Don't skip any part of God's process that he takes you on toward your healing. The love of God causes you to love others even through your hurts and pain. Remember the courage to fight and conquer is always within you. Remember the courage to fight and conquer is always within you. I had a great time having this conversation with Sonia, which I know you will enjoy too. And so, Remember to choose to be free, choose to live free, and choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. This is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. Remember, healed people heal people. So go into the world and heal someone today with a smile, with a hug, with a laughter, whatever you have. Choose to live free. I love you. So enjoy the conversation and remember, 
I do have some bloopers at the end that I think you will enjoy. All right. <laughs> so enjoy the conversation. Bye. Hi, Sonia. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing well. It's Sunday. It is beautiful outside. It really I, is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You know, I think this will probably be the third or fourth collaboration that you and I have done, probably the third. Um, so. And you, you and I connected. I actually don't even remember how we connected, but somehow we did. And somehow you, you've been in my life. Somehow you've come into my home. Somehow you have <laughs> shared your joys with me, your pain with me. Somehow, I mean, yeah, we've kind of, you know, but thanks to Wilkinia, right? And yes. thanks to uh, Victory, we get to see each other sometimes. Women's ministry, we yes. women's ministry. So it's just been awesome um, getting to know you. But my listeners don't know who you are. So I want mm. you to take the time and introduce yourself to everyone that's listening. Oh, I don't know why I always find it a challenge to introduce myself. Uh, I am Sonia Ingram. Um, I was born here in Georgia at Fort McPherson. My father was in the service, so I was born at Fort McPherson. And a little fun fact, um, I was born at Fort McPherson, and that was my last duty station. I joined the military as well, and that was my last duty station. So I uh, came full circle uh, as far as Fort McPherson before they closed it down. Uh, my parents are, again, from McDonough, Georgia. I have two children, uh, Samantha Ingram and Thaddeus Cheely, um, and they're both in their 30s. Um, I have a huge family. Uh, I love I love, love, love the Lord. I love learning the word. I love meeting um, women. And that's a testimony in itself because of what we talked about in the past with fear and uh, hurt and stuff like that. Women were uh, uh, a deterrent for me. I've never been close to women, women in a sense. And now I love my sisters. I love seeing my sisters and hugging and talking and sharing uh, with them. And I love to laugh and I love to sing. So I don't know if that's a good introduction or not it is what introduction is that good it is because <laughs> it's you it's your life and however you want to introduce it we accept it so so thank you yes that episode that we did I think it was a video I think it was a video episode that we did um last year right last mm -hmm. year and a lot of people like loved it and it was talking about fear and it was around the same month of sexual assault awareness month yeah I call it sexual awareness awareness month you know like this is the time that for me because of my story and how I have been able to walk through this life with God in helping me to heal and continuing to healing. I really yeah. do appreciate women who are able to uh, tell their stories and uh, through what they are overcoming, you know, and I also yeah. do appreciate women who have come to that awareness that, okay, this is a part of my story. I'm not ready to tell it yet, but I'm working through some things. And when I'm ready, yeah. I will tell my story, you know, yeah, And so we all have different walks of life and different things that we have experienced. And for us in uh, I Am Free Woman Ministry, what I do is I always want to hear the story from when you broke free to when you started really thriving and breathe, breathing again. And so what I want you to start off with is to kind of, you know, share with us 
what you will define as your breaking free moment when you knew that this is something that I cannot get over or get through in my own strength. I need God to help me through this. What was start? What was it before? And when did you come to that realization? I always try to look at things in a time frame. And so um, the story about being sexually assaulted was when I was roughly between 12 and 14. And from that time frame up until about a few years ago, uh, I would be 53 this year. So we're looking at roughly 30 to 40 years of living in fear and during that time, uh, I joined the military. I had the kids. Uh, I've been a single mom, had our own place, you know, living in different places. And for me, I thought that would be my breakthrough. Hey, I was able to get back up, uh, live, go do, you know, this, uh, raise my kids the best uh, way I could. And it's a side note, uh, when you've been assaulted, uh, you're not fully there for a lot of things if you haven't uh, come to a place of healing. Uh, so, for those 30, 40 years, I thought I was okay. Um, and it would be something minor that would trigger it back to um, the assault. And it can be something that had no relation to it, but it's just how I felt from when those assaults happened uh, that I haven't broken free. Um, back in 2017, 18, oh, it was 2018, a friend of mine, Tiffany, who was a member of Victory, um, I was supposed to be having a date. Uh, or a friendly date, if you will, and uh, the person stood me up like three times. And, <laughs> you know, the first time you're like, okay, things happened. All right. We planned for the second time and something again, it, it was stuff like, oh, I dozed off or, you know, something like that. And it was like, okay, I'm trying to be understanding. And that third time, like I really got ready for it, um, you know, bought a cute little dress and stuff. And I didn't hear from him for like three days. Wow. And I was in a low place because before this date, I hadn't dated at all. Uh, again, I've been sexually assaulted. I've been dealing with, you know, um, uh, me and the kids. I have two different fathers for my kids. And, you know, there's not a relationship there. And just relationships in general were just, you know, always something end up downhill. So I got to a point where I was tired of just dating. So I completely stopped dating for roughly 15 years, maybe 13 at the time. And so this was the first time stepping out. And so that really put me in a dark place. And my friend, um, she, you know, she was one of the people in my uh, little group of people that I text because, again, it's been years. Okay, what do I do? What's the trend? How should I, you know, wear, you know, what should I wear and, and you know, things like that. And so they were all excited for me. It was about four of them. They was all excited for me. And I couldn't talk because I was just that hurt and they was checking in on me. And she called and reached out and said, hey, um, I know you're in a, in a place right now, but could you come to my church? And she told me again about forward that you heard me uh, tell the story about. And um, that was in, I think, like August or September. And I didn't come to forward until uh, October. Uh, I was really like, I really didn't want to uh, come to the church. And so she came with me the first section. And uh, after that, I haven't left. I've been there ever since. Um, that first session, I can't remember what it was about because all of them related to me, but I left out of there um, just boohooing. Uh, I felt like I was heard, even though it wasn't talking to me. It's just, it felt like it was all for me. 
um, I needed to know that I was okay. I needed to know that it's all right not to be okay. I needed to know that God loved me regardless of what I think I failed at. And um, usually sometimes when someone hurt us or come in the midst with a, a wound, we'll retreat back. We won't come back to it. But for some reason, it kept drawing me back to each section. And after the sessions was over with, I was already a part of another church. Um, I would leave and go to that church. But after those uh, sessions were over with, I found myself still coming back. And I've always said, I grew up in a Southern church. Um, my family, again, is from McDonald's. We was part of a small church. And so something big like victory is overwhelming. That's a lot of people. And I've always felt that a person would get shuffled in such a big place. Like I want my, he don't need to know my, my whole business, but I want him to know me. I want my pastor to know me. And for some reason, I kept coming back to victory. Mm-hmm. And even before I became a member, I had already joined a small group. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned over, I've been at Victory since 2018 now. And what I've learned is that if you begin to connect with people, the church isn't that big at all. Oh, no. it's, it becomes a home. It becomes a place of safety. And I've never felt safe before, yeah. physically or spiritually. And I felt safe there. Mm-hmm. And so, um I'm saying all that to say as far as my journey, uh, when the breakthrough came, once I joined a small group, once I decided to be a part of Victory, it was afterwards, like a couple of months later, that I realized I needed help. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to the church's website. Again, I'm a veteran of the U.S. Army. Um, and so they have counseling there. They have groups. They have great resources there to help you. But I wanted a spiritual counselor. I wanted not just a spiritual counselor. I wanted a Christian counselor. And I looked on the church's website and they have a list of uh, people that you can connect with uh, for counseling. And um, I connected with one of them and it was a life changer. Uh, She asked questions, hard questions uh, that I wasn't ready to answer, that I didn't know that I wasn't ready to answer. And um, I don't know how to describe it. It's a narrative that you give the story. They guide you on how to share your story so there can be a place of journey, um, you know, be on the uh, road to healing. And that was 2020, right after the pandemic. um, And everything was happening with the pandemic. So that definitely was nobody but God. Because, again, I've been dealing with fear all this time. Now the pandemic, that's an additional fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have multiple sclerosis. And so multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease. So we was instantly on that list where they was talking about the people who could be targeted with getting the virus. And so there was an additional fear coming on. And that was God's timing uh, for me to get that counseling and uh, really face all of those years of living in fear. So that mm-hmm. was the day that I realized I needed some help. And I went with her for uh, a little bit over a year. And um, the breakthrough is the first time that I realized I wanted to forgive my rapists. Mm. I was raped twice and Mm. I found myself praying for them. And I was like, hold up. Am I praying for people who I wanted to die every time I thought about them? Like (laughs) Pastor Johnson talked about his messages a few years back, how we fantasize stuff in our head. And in my in my head, you know, I'm waiting in the bushes for both of them with a machete Mm. ready to take their heads off. And now I'm praying for them. And um, it's, it's a feeling I can't describe, but it's a road that I want to stay on to be completely free. Listen, we are going to break this down because you have given so much in such a short time. (laughs) And I want to 
take my time and have the listeners take their time and experience who Sanya is. Because on this podcast, I like people to experience the story, not just hear it, but actually experience the story. And so, first of all, dear sisters, look at that time frame, 2018, 2023, in a matter of what, five years? Yeah. In a matter of five years, look at all the things that, and this is for you, Sonia, look at all the things that God has been able to do within a short time. Yes. You you, you, You mentioned your age earlier, but then you had like 40 years of stuff. And in God's timing, it took such a short time for that to happen. But it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't allowed yourself. And if you hadn't allowed God into that space when the time came for him to enter. So true. And oftentimes we miss it. Oftentimes we kind of are so in ourselves that we miss the timing of God, you know, and it's not, it's not our fault. Sometimes we are not ready. Sometimes we are scared. Sometimes there's a lot of things going on. Sometimes we haven't met the right people. And so you met Tiffany, the right Mm -hmm. person, the right person at the right time. And God was like, that's my shot. That is the moment I'm going to have you start your journey. Another thing that you said that was really interesting and it shows that we are always supposed to be in partnership with God. Like some people will sit down and say, why God, can't you heal me? Why can't you heal me? Why can't you heal me? Why can't you set me free? The journey of you getting to that freedom that you want is a partnership with God where he does his part and you do your part. And so you mentioned that you actually took the invitation and went to this group and actually you kept going back. You kept going yeah. back. You kept going back. What is it that really you feel had you keep going back? And was there any hesitation during that time? Like, ooh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go because what was it? Uh, it definitely was some hesitation. <laughs> uh, again, she asked me this in uh, August. And I didn't go until October. And, and if I can just break real quick, give a just a little bit of background about Tiffany. I hope she doesn't mind. Um, me and Tiffany went to school together. We went to college together. And we've been friends uh, ever since. Uh, and so we've had life journeys together. And um, she's always been a special part in my life. And so that's why she was one of the people that I shared, you know, about what was going to happen that particular day. But when she asked me to come to forward, I was like, uh, and part of my hesitation was because victory was a big church. And if I'm being honest, when I think of a big church, I was thinking about more of a political setting, you know, a Christian political setting, than an actual church where I could meet God and be around uh, fellow believers. And so it was definitely some hesitation uh, there. And after um, that first time, I I was already saying to myself, I'm going to go because I promised her that I would come. But I don't think I'm coming that following week. You know, like, hey, thank you. I'm going to go on, you know, something else. But um, it was Pastor Israel at the time, him and his wife, uh, Sonia, Pastor uh, Darius and Melville was there. It's all of the sessions I'm combining together. Pastor uh, Olin um, and a couple other pastors I can't think of right now. But each one of their sessions spoke to me that I was already planning not to come back, but something always grabbed me. Like, 
okay, I got to find out the next part. Now you, you have me curious. And each time um, I truly believe that all of those years was a callus on me. I believe there was a concrete wall built around me. I believe there was a fort with a moat around me in each session address those areas of protection, mm -hmm. mainly telling me your protection is not protecting you at all. Mm -hmm. And the only protector is God. And so it was hesitation there because like, I didn't know this area. I didn't know this path that I'm going on. Uh, but it was just something was always said, or even in the book, the forward book that they gave you something in there that drew me to come back again. Mm-hmm. I have mine. I have my forward book and it sits right on my, uh, it's sitting right there. I can see it. It's in, in the, my book collection. And in that I wrote a lot of stuff and I do appreciate the church, um, not making it optional for those who serve. I don't know at that time you weren't serving, so you didn't know, but they were, they didn't make it optional. They made it, um, mandatory. And I really appreciate that they did that. One of the things you mentioned was finding a Christian counselor and she asked you hard questions. And as I walk through the journey of uh, being trained as a therapist, and you know, it's one of the projects that I'm working on right now, but it's interesting you said that she asked you hard questions because one of my friends, when I shared this project with her, the, the first thing she said was, Listen, Kate, I need you to write a book for us mothers and sisters and women and parents, both male and female parents, so that we know how to seek out the right therapist for our children. What you're saying is so true about confusion and stuff like that. And I was looking at her like, uh, you are actually telling me what I should write in my book? And she's like, She's like, yes, I'm telling you what you should write because I need it. I need that resource. Yeah. And what she said was, basically, she has interviewed a few Christian therapists, people, uh, therapists that call themselves Christians, but they rarely, rarely brought God into the process. And so her, her, her child did not go back to the therapist. And so mm. she's still kind of searching for it. And I, I told her, I said, I don't, you know, I, I don't, um, uh, I don't, what I'll put it this way. I told her that I agree with what you're saying and I know why they had to go that route because the secular training of becoming a therapist would often pull you away. If you're yeah. not, if you're not prepared to kind of be stable in your faith and bring your faith into your practice and how you practice. You will go to your therapy uh, sessions from morning till evening. And before you know it, you haven't mentioned God in a single session yeah. because that is how you're trained is you have to wait for your client to kind of bring him into the session. And then you kind of continue from there or you advertise yourself as a Christian therapist and when you're meeting with the client for the first time you let them know that this is how I practice so if they're yeah. okay with you asking those hard questions and bringing God into the process then cool but 
so that's where sometimes, you know, the, the line is drawn. There's like a, there is a very clear demarcation because of yeah. ethic, ethical issues, ethical concerns, you know, stuff like that. You have to make sure that you know how you're practicing. And so sometimes it makes it difficult for most counselors and therapists to really uh, do that unless they are branding themselves as Christian therapists who bring God into the process and all that stuff. And that gives the clients mm. the ability to say, okay, I don't think I'm ready for you to be my therapist. Oh, sure. You know, I, I would em- embrace that. So these hard questions that she was asking and during the process of you unpacking your story with her, how were you able to do that with God in the room? <laughs> um, one of the first things she did, and like you just said about a Christian counselor, she prayed. Like you just said, she's a counselor. Your, your training is, uh, you know, like you said, based on some of your secular stuff. And so it was a prayer of, hey, we're here about business, but it's God business. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I lift her up before you. I pray that what needs to happen today, you know, she she was a, uh, almost a warrior, if you would. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a wound here or we got a battle that we get ready to uh, go into. I'm praying for us to prepare for battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it wasn't necessarily cutthroat, but she was serious. She was precise, and that's what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times when we're hurting, um, especially if something triggers something, we begin to cry. And I love people who come and wants to comfort me. I love that <laughs> uh, we need because again, that's a trust issue for me too. So now I love it when someone comes to hug and. Uh, thinks about me so that's good that you have those people there but sometimes we need someone to say okay uh you cried about a minute let's go because if I'm being honest life uh I always look at life sometimes as the Serengeti or one of you know the the Saharas or something where you got the wildebeest and when a wildebeest is born they're not like us we're not in the hospital and nursing the baby to six months they're born and ready to run (laughs) and sometimes things happen in our life, we cannot stay there. We have to get up and run immediately. And so mm-hmm. that's how I see her. Gentle voice, uh, but very, um, that double-edged sword. And, uh, <laughs> she cut to the root of the matter. So um, she was uh, very good at that. And the questions that she asked was to give the narrative of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you you although they were hard and you probably left the session like oh gosh what did I get myself into (laughs) something took you back for the second session and I always say that the first session cool when they come back for the second session that's when you know that okay they are still like here they are trying you know some people come for the first session and they don't come back you know yeah Sometimes they don't connect with you. Sometimes you ask too many questions and it's like, woof, I'm not ready for that, you know, but for you to go back for a second session and a third session and before you know it, five years in, here you are. Yeah. Here you are. How long did it take you to go through this journey with the helper from God, your therapist? Um, I was with her on a consistent appointment for a year. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of expanded out, you know, like a little bit more distant. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge was the homework. Uh, like mm-hmm. you just said, again, <laughs> those questions. And I, I'm, you probably know uh, what I'm trying to say, the acronym ACE, Adolescent mm-hmm. Childhood mm-hmm. Something. I, yep, yep. Adolescent Childhood Experiences. Yeah. 
best. Yes. And so she had me do that at the beginning. Assessment, yeah. And I've never seen that before. Again, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the VA have a lot of, uh, and they probably have that as well, but I don't recall it being with me. Um, I started going to counseling at the VA. Uh, I was deployed, um, like I mentioned before, after 9-11. Um, and there are a lot of soldiers that are dealing with PTSD. Uh, I'm not trying to compare high or low, but I've always felt like mine's, it was there, but not as strenuous as some of those who've really been like, may have been attacked by a bomb or something like that. And so uh, the VA have stuff there for veterans for PTSD and just other counseling all together. And again, I appreciate the resources that they had there, but I, I wanted a Christian counselor. And so um, the VA takes care of me. My income comes now from the VA. I'm a disabled veteran, but they weren't willing to pay for a Christian counselor. So this was money wow. that had to come out of my pocket. <laughs> and again, that's God because mm-hmm. um, my first session is like, okay, I don't think the price is bad. It's just that I can't afford it right now mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. I'm on a you know a set income. This is mm-hmm. how much I get every month. I got my you know mortgage and other things. And each and every time God provided, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you, Sonya had nothing to do with it. it was all mm-hmm. Him providing. Mm-hmm. And after that first session, when she had to do that assessment, and I'm looking through the list, like she asked questions of things that happened in the family. You you, you know the the paper, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you mark off things that apply to you. And uh, I guess there's a number, is it one to 10? One and 10. I was kind of, yeah, and I was kind of like right at six. Whoa. Yeah. And she said, um, you know, this is where you, and she explained it to me. And I was, I won't say I was offended by her. I was offended that you already exposed me and I wasn't sure about coming back. And she set the appointment. And when I got off, uh, you know, finish where this was again the pandemic. So we're talking like me and you're talking now through Zoom. Um, and I didn't expect it to be that impactful because we're on Zoom. Because sometimes Zoom can take away the um, yes, the personal side. Um, and when I got off with her, I was like, I'm not sure about this. Same thing with Victory. I'm not sure about this. Uh, and then she gave me the homework. And when I tell my story, I tell it right out, mm-hmm. out of my heart, right? Mm-hmm. But she wanted me to tell it this way. You, uh, again, you know, mm-hmm. the, probably the form mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. And it's like, I don't know how to explain it that way. And she really worked with me. And after the first, um, after that first session, uh, we was uh, talking about, you know, you got individuals that you're telling your story with. Mm-hmm. And after that, she said, I need you to now uh, act as if that person is right beside you. Mm-hmm. And you read to them the story and tell, you know, uh, it always asks, how did you feel? What did that, uh, mm-hmm. the question asks, how do I feel about God? That was the biggest one. A lot of them asked how I felt about God. And I never looked at it like that before. And after going through that, it was like, oh, I was mad at God more than anything. I grew up in the church. Why wouldn't you save me? Why wouldn't you protect me? Why would you let this happen, Lord? I'm more mad at God. But when she had me to do the uh, first session and read the letter, because um, she had you to read, uh, make a, you know, write a letter to the person and tell them how you felt. Um, I, again, I thought it was something easy. I wrote it. And when it was time to do it with her, I found myself in tears. I didn't realize how much I needed to get that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, again, being a military person, being a single mom, a black single mom, crying is something you don't do. You know, mm-hmm. you suck it up. Every time I've been at victory, that's all I find myself 
feeling. <laughs> but it's a good cry. It's a cry of release. Like, wow, I didn't know I needed to get this out of my system. Uh, and so we did about uh, four, uh, maybe five of those sessions where I end up, you know, writing a letter to the person in a uh, Every last one of them, I gave a marker, like I, I uh, made something, a visual of how I saw my situation in uh, with this particular person. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was tough. Uh, I, <laughs> even now thinking about it, um, but it was, it was so worth it because if I'm being honest, Kate, uh, I've never thought about suicide. I've never thought about hurting myself mm. or anyone mm. else. Mm-hmm. However, when you are living in fear or when you're in hurt, um, you're not stopping the process. Like you're, if something happens, you're not going to stop it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you just don't feel like being involved. And um, I think I was on that verge. I think I was literally at the edge and I was about to take a step. And mm-hmm. uh, God loves, <laughs> I can say it, God loved me and still loves me enough that he snatched me out of that, out that cliff. Mm-hmm. Um that I was about to crash into. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times it's with someone, um, again, it's gonna be up in your face because she mm-hmm. was up in my face. Mm-hmm. Even though it was on Zoom, she was up mm-hmm. in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed that. Mm-hmm. You were put in a place at the right time. And this breaking free, breaking through season you know, it was, it sounds like it wasn't in your own strength at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you kept saying, I kept going back. I'm not sure. I kept going back. I'm not sure. I kept going back. I'm not sure. And all through while he kept peeling and I'm peeling and I'm peeling mm-hmm. things from your heart one at a time, you know. And you also mentioned something about forgiving your offender. Mm. And oftentimes, I say this in my story um, a few episodes ago about forgiveness forgiveness and forgiving the guy who raped me in college and some other people that hurt me when I was when I was a child. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people hearing this right now, a lot of women hearing this is like, what do you mean forgive? You know, but I will say that forgiveness was probably the only single act that really set my heart free. How about you? What was that like <laughs> to forgive the person? You know, I mean, you know, when God told me to forgive, I was like, ah, no. But then, but then things started happening that really put it in perspective for me that I needed to forgive for me to be fully healed and free from this thing that was holding me back from experiencing the life that I have now. Yeah. So what was it like for you? Uh, if I can give another description, um, if I can say this to anyone that's listening, a uh, young lady, a uh, uh, woman who's been assaulted, who's been raped or molested, rather someone you knew or didn't know, um, I, I understand that feeling. Uh, I can almost say you have a right to feel like, hey, they need to be taken out. Why should I ever forgive them? They were in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a word that we don't like to use is selfish because it, it looks at as a negative part, but we all are selfish. Um, when you get up in the morning, you wash yourself, you brush your teeth because you want to go out presentable. You feed yourself because you want to eat. Mm-hmm. So there's, to me personally, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. It's when you 
it's only thinking about you. So life preservation is a part of being selfish. And to forgive your rapist, it really is for you. <laughs> you're looking at it. Uh, it's a saying out there. You probably heard it. You're drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what you're doing to yourself when you're holding that in all of those years. Um, I know it was wrong. And maybe your family didn't even you know, help out once it happened. If you come from a traditional background, it's something you don't talk about. It's a taboo conversation. Or maybe, you know, um, just your, your community itself made it feel like it was all your fault. But I'm telling you, sis, if you're hearing me right now, it's for you. Go find that counselor. I pray that God bring that counselor to you now. It's for you. It's all for you. That forgiveness, when you release that person, you'll see how much has been released from you. And I talked about when we I did the conference with you about, I felt like mountains was on my shoulders, not chips, but so much was lifted. I didn't even realize how low I was and how much weight I was carrying until I forgave those people who hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and you'll be amazed at other stuff that'll start coming to you. I just told you, I, I grew up in the church singing and I've always did it out of obligation. I like to sing, but as far as in the church, it was, that's what I was taught to do. I'm actually going to a class now uh, for vocal training to understand sheet music to understand what I'm here I grew up listening to music I mimic um, that's how we was taught to sing and so your eyes begin to open to other things in life that you can pursue that God been wanting you to pursue uh, that you'll even take a chance on um, the small group that I joined I am the small group's leader now and so that definitely wouldn't have been me had I still been back where I was mm. uh, before and I I certainly did not see myself leading this group and when the leader came to me and I was like me and she shared with me, hey, I've seen your growth from when I first joined up until this point last year. And um, she knew that God had a calling on me. Mm -hmm. And even in that, someone else to say, even you, Kate, that you see something in me that I'm not seeing in myself because sometimes that old person is still there, deaf person that you still haven't oh. forgiven, which is me. Um, God, to put people like yourself in my life to say, hey, I want you to talk about this or I, I want to hear you and I'll pause before saying no I remember now. the first time yeah. I met you and I was like <laughs> and this was a whole like video and then it was like okay now it's a conference what <laughs> yes yes and and, and well Kenya along with you and other people are, are still telling me you need to talk and that's something I've never done I've always kept my mouth quiet one for myself because I felt shame and guilt mm -hmm. and uh, but also I didn't want, you know, like people who know me to look at me funny. And and, and now more than ever, uh, I find myself talking about it because there are so me and you both have dealt with this. Mm -hmm. How many other people do we have to connect with now? There are some people who need to hear our story uh, who are on that edge. Mm -hmm. And some of them probably have already jumped but the cliff wasn't high enough. Like it only took them down one level and they're yeah. ready to really plunge into that deepness, that abyss mm -hmm. of just giving up on life altogether, um, not caring. That can lead mm -hmm. to so many things that are not, one, not physically healthy, but not mm -hmm. mentally or spiritually healthy. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, that's a whole nother session <laughs> that we can have forgiveness and the importance of um, leaning into the the this this 
part of our walk with God when he's asking us to forgive. And Sonia mentioned it, and I want to reiterate that when you are looking for that Christian counselor, anytime you go to a Christian counselor and they are asking to, you to talk about forgiveness and you are not wanting to do it, and they justify you not wanting to do it in a way that contradicts what God's word is saying, you need to look at that again. You need to look at the yeah. whole process again because someone who is biblical in their way of helping you heal, someone who understands the importance of this step in mm-hmm. your healing is going to challenge your faith, is going to yes. challenge you like, why are you refusing to forgive? Let's break it down. Let's talk about it. And they mm-hmm. will gently kind of walk you through it. And when you're ready, you will know. And it's not you doing it. It's the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit that will be speaking into you to do it. And yes. it's it's a concept that is sometimes really hard for people to hear. But when you hear someone saying, I forgave the person who killed my child or who did this, you know, it's kind of sort of the same. You forgive the person that this did this bad thing to you or to someone that you love. Mm-hmm. Holding on to unforgiveness is something that really wrecks and messes with your spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and where the spirit of the Lord is, you know, there is freedom. You got to allow the spirit of God to move freely within you and yeah. not have any blockages. Think about the heart, the arteries, all those things. If God is supposed to move freely within you, what is blocking that from happening? Mm. Ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you have gone through the breaking free season and the breaking through season. Tell us what it feels like to walk in courage now, the courage to fight for this part of you that at some point you didn't think could be healed. Like this breathing again season, how are you walking encourage and how are you continuing to believe that you know your healing is continuous but this time it is with God and you believe and trust that his process is really the best for you um it'll still be the same answer as (laughs) Tiffany inviting me to victory is always uh I'm not sure but now um I've been honest not only with myself what God already know but I've learned now um and it's not always on Mark, but I'll tell them, I'm not feeling this, Lord. Uh, I'm not sure about this area, uh, you know. And um, one of the things that, uh, that God has been doing that I know for sure, uh, again, with you, with Tiffany, with my small group, with my church family, um, is that when I'm not sure if I'm worthy of forgiveness, if I'm not sure if I'm on the right path to healing, someone always come up to me out of the blue and say something that's a reminder of mm-hmm. who God is, that he sees me, he hears me, I'm worthy of being listened to, and I am healed. Um, and what I'm learning about healing is that uh, when I think about healing, if I got a cut, I'm expecting it to be, you know, the, the mark to be instantly gone, that there's nothing there mm-hmm. that's an instant healing. But some things, it takes a process. Mm -hmm. And don't skip the process. Mm. (laughs) Your house that you're living in, the house that I'm living in, they didn't just start with the floors that was standing on. 
they started with a foundation and in order for that foundation to have happened, they cut, you know, like they dug out of the ground, you know, the, the area to make sure it was uh, uh, supportive and strong enough. And then they poured the concrete with rhubarbs inside of the concrete. And then they did the framing and all of the stuff here. So what you see inside of your house is not what's really making the house. It's the stuff that we don't see. And the foundation is one of those. When you start with your foundation, which are, which are uh, on this path to freedom, um, it's going to be challenging. Uh, you're going to have some nights that you can't even sleep because of the questions that have been asked. Uh, and the, what those questions does for me, it puts it makes you think when you're not trying to. Um, but if you continue, sometimes you don't feel like making that next step. Just if you can just crawl for a second, keep moving. Um, the freedom is so the reward is so great that you can't put words to it. My process is exactly like yours in terms of it's hard. Don't give up. Don't stop writing or whatever tool you're using. Don't stop allowing God to ask you questions. Don't stop bringing people into your process that you feel God is asking you to have them bring, bring into your process, all that stuff. You know, for me, it was kind of like God healed like a big part of my journey. And then he had me kind of go back and do it all over again with people. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. God, I tell people God is funny all the time. Yes. Because he had me do the work and heal like through him, just him and I and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all that. No human being involved. And then years later, it's kind of like, okay, now go to forward people now going to small group people now uh what do you call it now go to school for therapy a whole lot of people and a whole lot of mess going on within me it's funny you know but that's the beauty of opening your heart and allowing him into the process and I love what you said which is don't skip this process don't skip any part of God's process no. embrace it yes like Sonia and like some of you have heard me said which is kicking and screaming <laughs> do it kicking and screaming <laughs> I always say I am um, when you when you see me and God's relationship I am the kid in the mall that the mom <laughs> is dragging yes. and I'm just kicking and screaming along like I don't want to do it I don't want to do it yes. that's me But every time we get to where we are supposed to go, I look up at my mom, I look up at my dad, which is God. And I'm like, it wasn't so bad. It really wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Like they're kicking and screaming, trying to grab anything to keep you from moving forward. And be like you said, once you look back over, it's like, hmm. But you know, one of the other things I think about, like, okay, I, I acted like that. How can I convince someone else to not do the kicking and screaming? But uh, even in that, he'll, he'll make it work out. He'll make it work out. You know, you have your own version of kicking and screaming. Some some kids would just let the parent drag them, like drag them. And some of us, we are like, nope, you're just not going to have it easy. You're going to have to fight for this right here, you know? And it is beautiful. And that is often how I encourage women to kind of look at their relationship with God is make it personal, make it personal the way he's asking you to come in, like invite him in and just commune with him. So now that you're on the side and you've had the courage to fight for your sanity and you've been through all this and 
you know, you're working um, this part of you. I want you to tell the ladies about your other passion when you're not speaking, when you're not involved in small group, when you're not involved in anything that Kate is asking you to do. <laughs> uh, well, you know about what, my- uh... what, Yeah, and y'all, she has her Superman t-shirt on and I got mine uh... on Friday <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm, I'm waiting for the, um, this is this is one of my summer t-shirts that I'll be wearing. Like summertime, I have a collection of t-shirts and this is one of my summer t-shirts that I'll be wearing. And I want Sonia to tell y'all about her other parts of her that during this season, God has really- let it shine for others to see. Um, so I mentioned earlier about me having uh, illness or multiple sclerosis, but even in that, there's a healing. Um, again, Victory offers uh, people to pray over you for your healing. And um, I've done that. And I believe more and more each day that God has healed me. Now, the society and the world is not to put them down because this is what they're experiencing. Uh, it says, as of now, there is no cure for multiple sclerosis. And I get it from that. Uh, but I've learned, still learning to plug and, you know, dig deep into God's word. And he is a healer. Is it uh, Jehovah? Uh, 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 Rapha? Uh, Rapha, yeah, the healer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and part of the healing comes from your belief. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to come back to your question about what I'm doing, but um, part of my problem or part of my challenge was that I didn't see God because there was other people in front of him. Uh, I'm thinking about a, a, a eclipse, like a total eclipse when the moon goes in front of the sun, it blocks the sun out of dark for a while, right? So I had people the same way in front of God. And when I started going through counseling, those people began to move that I could see God clearly. Uh, and that clouds, I love to uh, look at clouds, but now I really see the clouds. Um, so with that, um, I began to uh, get into um learning more about multiple sclerosis, ask for healing, and there's a healing there. But I still walk for people who have multiple sclerosis. I still walk for those who don't uh, believe that there's a cure. I still walk for those who really cannot walk physically. They're in a wheelchair or they're bedridden. Um, and so my team, I've been uh, doing the walk for years, but this is the first time I've did it since the pandemic. And I always uh, get a t-shirt for my team. But this year, I really wanted some to express how I feel. <clears throat> My first T-shirt I ever done was Miss Sonya versus MS. I love the play on words, MS versus MS, Miss Sonya versus multiple sclerosis. And so I had a couple of T-shirts like that. And then I changed it to my Savior Conquer T-shirt. And I always had it written out. But this year, uh, with the help of my son, because uh, the image that you're looking at, I was trying to put all those words inside of the yellow part. And my son said, Mom, uh, when someone look at that symbol, they instantly go to think about Superman or a hero. It doesn't even matter if you didn't put anything inside of it at all. And I was like, huh, he, he making sense. Okay. And he said, just use the C. And he helped me fill it this way to give it a backdrop to, uh, to get to where is that. I'm beautiful. very pleased. Yeah, I, I love this. And the C uh, stands for? Conquered. Conquered. But if you look on the, uh, the MS Society where I uh, put my team's information in, if you want to join a team for the walk that happened yesterday, that C can stand for anything. Mine I said the conquer. courage to conquer. 
Yes, conquer courage, Christ. He's my counselor, comforter. So uh, it can be whatever you want it to be. And I think that's what I like about it because it's not anything specific. So if anyone wants to get this T-shirt, they can buy it year round and it can be for whatever their uh, reason is for that C. But mine is Christ, comfort, and uh, he's my comforter. He's my counselor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. I was going to say, and mine is the Holy Spirit is my coach. So he coaches me all the time. Before I go to any human, he's already there whispering in my ear. Like, now you know, (laughs) what are you going to do? What are you going to say? What are you supposed to do here? Like, you know, so so yeah. So the Holy Spirit is my coach. So I, I, that will be my C. That will be my C. Wonderful. You know, maybe they ask people to post what the C means to them. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. yes, I love that. But Um, that is something that I love about you and what you're doing is, you know, if you hadn't gone through that first step of God's process in healing, do you think you'll be on this side working the way you're doing with MS? Meeting people? No. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I've met people the, all these years, you know, before being on the side that I'm at now, but uh, not with a uh, a happy face. So even sharing yes. my story, yes. uh, you, you yes. see me been sharing my story on Instagram. I may put something in, I may even do a quick little video, but mm-hmm. to, to really share what I was going through, especially what happened on, um, I want to say uh, Wednesday or Thursday when I wasn't feeling well. Uh, because of, again, my heat is still not on. It's the uh, uh, the warranty process. You know, mm-hmm. got to go through all of that for them to get my uh, AC, which is a whole other story in itself because the house is only three years old. So my AC shouldn't. Anyway, um, but I don't think I would be here uh, had it not been the journey of my counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, some Christian counselors, you know, they forget it bring in a secular, but when you, you have a counselor that loves God just as much as you do, um, who love God enough to see you on that other side, um, you'll find yourself smiling more, yeah. um, laughing more, uh, even concerned about others. Because when you're hurt, when you're in fear again, when you don't trust, it, again, it's the it's the negative side of being selfish. You got mm-hmm. on those um uh, blinders that you don't see nobody else is all about you am I safe do I trust this person keep everyone away and when you come out of that thing you begin to wonder okay how is so-and-so doing or how can I help here um and um I serve on the ministry at, at the church in production and um uh, I don't think I would have been able to be a part of production had I not gone through the counseling mm-hmm. I mean, you know when and dear sisters, hear us out. And as we are wrapping up, when you know and acknowledge a part of your being that needs transformation, that needs to be renewed in Christ, and you acquiesce, you allow yourself to go through the process, you're not going down. The result is for it's not for you to be down. The result is mm-hmm. for you to be up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, relationships are different. They feel different. You have a different outlook when you're in relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And the same way when you're going through a healing process, and even before you go through a healing process, relationships will test you. It's the same way that when you come out of that season and you feel like, wow, I'm a brand new person, 
relationships will continue to test you, but this time you will have the tools to be able to walk through that test, you know? Yeah. So I love what you're saying about, you know, when I look back now, if I didn't go through that process, this side of me, probably I would have missed, you would have missed, you'd have missed relationships that you have now. You would have missed, you know, the true and essence of what God has always wanted to give you with it, which is for you to be happy, for you to thrive and for you to be equipped because yeah, now it's not like, yay, I'm healed and that's it. I'm pretty sure you still go through challenges. You still Mm -hmm. have your moments, but now you are equipped to know how to walk through those challenges when they come, right? Yes, yes. So so a few more quick fire questions that I want to ask you. Um, The first one is, how is your heart today? You know, Kate, I'm always going to have to ask you how your heart is. So how is your heart today? Um, My heart is full. Mm-hmm. um it, it's it's full um like you said you have your challenges every day um the enemy still the enemy gets employee of the month every month because it's always doing what its purpose is you know to still kill and destroy and uh i'm not always employee of the month on that part because you know things happen but my heart is full knowing more and more about god's word the enemy gets employee of the month, but who gets who gets to be the employee of the year? <laughs> it's definitely God. There you go. So it's this month, God. hey, you got me next month. But at the end of the year, when you're able to look back. Exactly. Wow. God was on top. Right? God was on top. God mm-hmm. was on top. And also, what does joy look like for you today? Joy for me, I don't, I don't know if uh, you ever seen me post pictures. Um, my phone uh, and my iPad is actually very full right now. I got to figure out how to truly release it. Uh, but uh, majority of my pictures are all clouds. I don't oh, know if you can see that. Wow. Yeah, so yes, I'm, always, I'm always taking pictures of the sky and I see things in the sky. You know, I try not, sometimes I don't tell people that because look at me funny, but I see things. And if my day started off a little challenge once I'm outside and I look up it's like he's saying listen chick I'm still here and that's a joy for me it, it just does something to my heart uh, just to look in the sky we need vitamin d for our health yeah but just go outside for a minute and just listen to the birds around you listen to what's going on outside uh, it does it does your heart well Mm-hmm. That's my joy when I um, look in the sky or when I look mm-hmm. in the clouds and coming to victory. Just, you know, people you see as you walking by saying hello again before it's like I'm on guard for myself. But now I love speaking to people. My family is a Southern family. You always speak to people. But now I love speaking to people. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see, you know, faces and stuff and people worshiping together. So that's my joy. That's good. Sonia, it is always a joy. It is always a good time when we get together. And I want people to find out more about your journey, find out how they can get this t-shirt that you have on. So where can they email you or where can they find you on Instagram? Um, On Instagram, I think I'm under Sonia Ingram, number one. It's Uh, I-N-I-N-G-R-A-M. Yes. Ingram. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, message me on Instagram or on Facebook as well. Sonia Ingram on Facebook. Or you can email uh, me at M-S-C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-E-D 
at gmail.com. MS Conquered. Yeah. Well, dear sister, I love you. I love what you're doing. It's always a pleasure. I mean, it's it's a joy. It's a joy when you get mm-hmm. to talk with, you know, people that you consider dear sisters, dear friends. Yes. And I thank you so much for always um, accepting our invitation. You know, Wilkinia comes through and is like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then you come and we have a good chat. And I can't yes. wait to see what our next adventure will be. I don't know yet, but the Holy Spirit, of course, will let me know. And I'll kind of whisper <laughs> it to you like, hey, this is the next adventure. But until next time, girl, it's always good to see you. And um, we will catch up soon. Okay. Yes, thank you for inviting me. And I truly appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's wrong? I always laugh. Huh? I always laugh at the, at the beginning. <laughs> Get out the wiggly bat. <laughs> yeah, I always laugh at the beginning because it's just so, it's just too cute. It's just too funny for me sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, you have to have this straight face and all. Um, but this is natural. This is what people hear when they listen to the recording. So.